Hi, I'm Michael Miller, and this is Speaking of Meditation, real-life stories of people who meditate, why they do it, and how it's changed their lives. If you've tried meditation and struggled, or you're practicing and need more inspiration, I hope these conversations will encourage and motivate you. Today's guest, Tausaf Rahman. I'm excited to share this conversation with Tausaf. He's a university student who learned just before the pandemic kicked off. He then moved back to his native Bangladesh to be with family during lockdown. I think his story will have resonance for many people. He's a guy in his late 20s, studying, living in a big city, away from family, and he's starting to feel the strain, some anxiety and depression, with low self-esteem and insomnia. We talk about how, on the recommendation of his therapist, he overcame doubts and learned Vedic meditation. The impact was immediate. Now he's sleeping well, feeling less anxious, he's more empathetic, and he doesn't need to numb his emotions. His start with meditation was realistic and inspiring. He was inconsistent in the beginning, and it's encouraging to hear how he got through that and committed to a daily practice. Tausov is so open about his struggle with the challenges of his mental health and how meditation brought him out the other side. He's strong and positive and inspiring to others. So speaking of meditation, here's Tausov. Enjoy. Joseph, thank you so much for joining us today on Speaking of Meditation. How are you, my friend? I'm really great. And um, yeah, thanks for inviting me on the pod. Tell me, where where are you right right now? Because I, I, I think you are not in the Western Hemisphere. No, I'm in Dhaka, Bangladesh right now. Fantastic. All right. So def- definitely the most long distance pod recording we've had so far. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to speak with you because you came and learned in the very end of January, beginning of February 2020. Yeah. And and I remember so, so clearly you when you originally emailed saying i'm not sure about this but actually i think you said in your first email my therapist suggested that i look at meditation and then you you came along and you know you you were not personally that comfortable and you know on on the course you learned and and you were doing it and then i hadn't heard much from you at all and then just recently, you sent an email. So we we send these these follow up emails to people who learn from us, the meditators map that we call it. And after some time, we send one that is specifically, "Hey, how's it going? What are you noticing as a result of meditation?" And you came back with with quite a long email, kind of raving about the effects for yourself, and. I wanted I wanted to hear more about that in in detail after after I read that. So I'm I'm if I may I'm going to read just a little bit from your original email and then this this note that you sent. So originally when you reached out you said I'm a postgraduate student, I suffer from chronic stress and anxiety. 
my therapist suggested I try meditation. So I Googled and found you. Good old, good old Google. <laughs> and and then you mention in your in your follow-up email that when you came along, you say that your self-esteem was really at its lowest. Your your anxiety and securities were at their highest. You could barely make eye contact with with anyone. What is your memory prior to meditation, kind of in that moment of of feeling like you needed to learn? What was your experience day to day? What what were you feeling? So yeah, going back to that time, I think uh, I would really struggle just carrying out my day to day routine. So I knew that I had to do get up, I had to go to my classes, I had to finish projects, and I had to follow up with people, interact with people. But I just found all that really hard. And one of the things that made it really worse was my struggles with insomnia. So I'd go days without having a proper day or night of sleep. I'd wait, wait, stay up all night. And in the morning when I'd go out, I'd feel anxious. And when I'd even walk through the streets of London, I would like uh, be afraid to make eye contact with people. I'd hesitate. So I'd wear a cap or I'd just look down. And I remember when I first came uh, for my first day into your class, I couldn't even, I was hesitating to like make eye contact with you. And it was, I was a bit tense and nervous looking at other, a room full of people, you know, there was, I think, 15, 20 odd people. And I was like feeling anxious, but yeah, so I would struggle on that note. And um, meditation for me um, until that point was all about, okay, I thought it was like a voodoo thing. People do it. I heard some people do the quantum method and not, and they somehow be, I felt they were radicalized or something. But I, I, I felt really off of it. But when I was really at my lowest and I wanted to get help, I wanted to get better. So I started doing a bit research into alternative therapy and all that stuff. So first thing I went for is the uh, therapy sessions with my counselor. And then after a while, I thought, okay, I need a hobby. I need a different, a few activities on my day-to-day lifestyle that's going to make it healthy. And then came up meditation. And um, so when I got found out about you guys, the, uh, I think from the first point, the vibe I got was really positive. And like I said, the first day when I came into class, while I was feeling nervous and I was looking around, I was feeling anxious, I couldn't make eye contact or make conversations with other meditators. Um, the way you introduced the class or conducted the class that time, it really made me feel uh, very relaxed. And I got that positive vibe. And after the first meditation, when I got out of your studio in Kensington, I remember everything felt so bright. I mean, it just felt amazing. And I felt, okay, I'm not on any... Uh, I'm not have not taken any meds or anything, and I'm feeling great. It's natural, um, so it's possible. And that night is the first night in of in like two three weeks that I got my first proper sleep. Six hours, I passed out at I think twelve. I woke up at seven a.m. and I felt okay. This is great. This is what uh, what my I want my day to day lifestyle to be like. You know. So yeah. That's amazing. That I mean, that is, 
That is a, a remarkable experience for your very first meditation, especially coming in with a question mark and and a little bit of of doubt. And I, I think a lot of people do this because there, there are so many things out there in the world yeah. and there are big promises. And on that introductory talk that you you came along to in, in the December before, you know, we talk about the benefits of meditation and how easy it is and how you will notice changes right away. <laughs> and sometimes people put up their hand and they say, this sounds too good to be true, yeah. but it, can it really be this effective and will it work for me? You yeah. know, often there is that feeling of maybe it works for other people, but it, I'm too hard of a case. What, what would you say to someone like that who has that concern? So uh, I remember when uh, in, my, in our first session, there was someone who, was, uh, who asked you a question that if we close our eyes and meditate, are we supposed to see things? Are we supposed to experience this alternate reality or go into a state of trance or something? But it's not really that. Um, you don't like meditate to solve a problem instantly in the next moment. So you don't meditate 20 hours and then you think, okay, you're, all your worries are going to get oh, go away. But it's like a it's part. It has it's supposed to be part of your lifestyle, your modern day lifestyle. Uh, so like meditating in the morning and in the evening, it's like the perfect balance. It uh, helps you. Uh, with, oh, how do you put it? Um, it gives you the capacity, it increases your capacity to deal with day-to-day -day situations in life. So it's not any one-off experience. It's something, once you start, it's for the, uh, I think it goes on for your lifetime and that's the beauty of it. Um, it's just a normal practice. I think that is is really interesting and it and it makes me think of something I was interested in for you because you know here we are teaching in central London mm -hmm. and many of the people although London is is a very diverse city most of the people that we teach are British mm -hmm. and white and Christian, and you are none of those things. You are quite different from most of the people on, on the course. And I wonder what, what, what was that experience like in feeling, I mean, I, that must be a day-to-day -day experience for you having, having gone to school yeah. here, but what was it like on, on the course? So before joining the course, this was one of my uh, concerns because my prior experiences or whatever I knew about meditation, it had to do with like it's uh, related to Sanskrit and maybe I'm going to lose away my religion and something like that. And I remember before my first call with Jillian, uh, before taking the course, um, I spoke with her for 20 minutes and she was like, yeah, it has nothing to do with your religion. You practice religion. This is part of your lifestyle. You come and you do it. There's nothing that's going to be conflicting or uh, you won't feel that way. And so as I started it, um, yeah, I experienced uh, the way you guys taught and the rituals you had. I saw it. I appreciate it. But that didn't mean that I had to 
uh, steer away from my religion or I was going away from my religion or anything. So I still practice my religious duties. At the same time, I meditate because this is something spiritual. This is something I do for my own well-being. Um, so that's how I look at it. However, I do feel that when I talk, like my family members, when they see me, um, they often think, oh, he's meditating. Oh, uh, he's just closing his eyes and he's sitting down um, and he's thinking about stuff. Um, it's hard to explain it to them, but I take your suggestion on it the way I remember you told me that uh, we shouldn't try and convince anyone or force it. So we should do it ourselves. And if they see that and they want to learn or they want to embrace it, we can always direct them to you. So that's what I do. If anyone asks me, I just say, okay, this is London Meditation. Check out their Instagram, check out their website. Uh, they're fabulous people. You can get all the details. <laughs> uh, that's that's really, really good. I, I am always really careful on the course to, to say to people, you know, don't push this on, on anyone. Don't, you know, people come to it as you did when, when they are ready and, and let people notice you and, and see the change that's happening and ask and, and draw it out. Tassif, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, uh, last summer, when we first came out of lockdown, uh, there was, there was a, a young woman on, on the course who, who was an aspiring actress and um and i and i had this this talk you know she was just sort of working and and she just came on the course and no one knew who she was and i i said don't talk about this too much keep it a little close to your chest you have made this commitment to do something for yourself and and don't dilute it or put it up for ridicule to someone who might not be actually interested after she finished the course, she's been meditating. I heard from friends of hers who are also meditators, but her career kind of took off. She's she's very, very well known now. And someone sent me a video of her on one of these entertainment shows. And they asked her, they said, tell us something that no one knows about you. And she said, oh, well, recently I took a course in meditation, but they told me not to talk about it. <laughs> And I thought, oh no, I need to amend amend my conversation about this, which is Tasif, please, if you find yourself with an audience of millions of people, yeah. feel free to talk about London Meditation <laughs> Center and New York Meditation Center. We want people to learn. Yeah, yeah, we want the word to get out. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> and and the way you have addressed it is absolutely, absolutely the way. Do you think your family has noticed changes in you? Have have people said things to you that, that you feel as though they appreciate a shift? Oh yeah, my. I mean, from the I, of the first week after I learned meditation, I came back. I traveled back to Dhaka to meet with my family, and instantly they were all like, because I had I had a problem with anger issue. I would get really angry. I would get get really irritating uh, around them. And they saw that I've become this calm person. I'm, I'm listening to them and I'm replying in a normal way. And so it, that, that was an instant um, reaction that I got. In the long run, now people just see me, oh, he has changed a lot. 
So he is uh, working, he's getting serious more. Um, he's become changed, so he's made some very drastic change. However, I haven't made any drastic change other than the fact that I've just incorporated a healthy routine in life, which inco- which includes meditating twice a day. Mm, that's very interesting that you didn't, you don't feel like you've had to transform your life. You've just added these 20 minutes twice a day, but that from the outside, people look at you and think, oh, things have really transformed. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. You, you said in your email that you, when you first learned, you were really regular for about a yeah. month. And then things slipped a little bit yeah. and you were irregular then for four to five months. Yeah. And then this struggle with insomnia, other mental health issues started to slip yeah. back in. Talk about that, if you would, the, that realization and, and what, it, what it felt like. Yeah. So right after I learned meditation, I do it regularly. But then... Uh, the lockdown and the pandemic started and I decided to move back to Dhaka. So when I did that, uh, there was a change in environment here. The situation with lockdown was very different. I was moving in with, back with my parents. And so there was a change that I had to go through and somehow I missed, started missing a few meditations here and there. I would try to join the group meditations on zoom. Um, and then I'd feel good and then I'd be irregular with my own daily practice, a personal practice. So it felt okay. But then I saw that, okay, I had my insomnia was coming back. So I was staying up all night. I couldn't sleep. And in the morning when I'd wake up, I'd see that my anger issues were triggering here and there. Um, uh, and uh, in September last year, my, me, my mom and dad, we all caught COVID and we were in the house, uh, in each other's room, maintaining social distancing and all that. And it was a very peculiar situation to be in. And I saw that, okay, my anxiety was starting to creep in, my depression was starting to creep in. And by then, because I'd worked with my therapist, I knew this chain of thought or these patterns that followed. Um, and one day I remember I didn't sleep all night. So in the morning I thought, okay, I'd meditate 20 minutes, um, listen to one of your uh, group meditation recordings and meditate. I did that. And that 20 minutes felt really blissful. Like I would open my eyes, I was calm and I just fell asleep again. And I thought, okay, um, this is something that calms me down. This is something that helps me become more tolerate towards my surroundings. Um, so I should do it, but I should not just start it and then uh, leave it midway. I should commit to it. If there's something I want to commit at this point um, in order to cope with the situation and get better, and um, because the log- we don't know when the lockdown is going to end, we don't know when COVID is going to go over, I'm going to have to be in this situation for a while and uh, so I should go get through this. So I decided to commit, and that's when I started meditating regularly. Um, in the first, I'd just do once a day. 
So in the morning, I'd wake up and put it in my morning rituals that, okay, wake up, get a shower, get a cup of tea, meditate. Tried to do it for a while. And once that became an automatic thing, I think I, it was easier for me to put in the second meditation, which is at the end of the day, after I come back from the gym or swimming, I'm, I sit down and I meditate and that's how I end my day. And it, it sort of like happened very naturally, the transition. It didn't, it wasn't forceful. And that's what I like about it because I constantly uh, keep going back to the point that you and Jillian always make during our uh, group meditation call is that it has to naturally fit into our lives. And my life when I was living in London was in a different state. Here in Dhaka, the dynamics are different and my daily routines are different here and there uh, because of my commitments and all that. So I just had to make sure that I uh, am able to fit it in naturally. And that's what happened. And I'm really glad that I did. Well, it's it's impressive uh, authority on your part or agency that you recognized, oh, something is off. And there are, there are two points I want to pick up on there. Just, just to expand on you moving back yeah. and suddenly your routine and your commitments being very different. Yeah. I think that is a, a critical point for many people's meditation that you know something as as small as they move flats in london yes. and suddenly their commute is different that can throw off their meditation routine certainly they you know somebody gets a new romantic partner or they get a pet you know they get a dog that needs to be walked certainly moving country and back into a different culture and back with your family that's a huge change and so no surprise yeah that it threw things off for a while. And then the point that's remarkable is that you noticed and you drew the connection. I was, I was going back to the, the, your, your words about how things were prior to learning and what brought you along. And you said you had gone through you know, some years, seven, eight years, where you had been struggling with insomnia, you've mentioned, and drug addiction and depression and overthinking you know, quite quite significant place that you were you were in and i will say sometimes to people things have to get bad enough for someone to learn to meditate it it sounds like things got bad enough for you yeah. will, will you talk about that just a little bit well, when I started meditating regularly um, somewhere last time, uh, the reason I did it is because through my struggles with substance abuse or mental health, I have reached, like I feel, the lowest I could ever feel. Um, and when I, through therapy and through meditation, when I came out of it a little bit, I felt really great. So when I was slipping back into those patterns or those troubles I didn't really want to go there I didn't really want to be there and I know there are a lot of people who struggle with mental health uh, out there and I, if they're hearing this I just want to let them know uh, I've been there and I never wish for anyone to be there because that struggle going through that daily thing um, it's horrible 
So in order to come out of it and have like a tool like meditation, that's so simple. You don't really need to own a lot of gadgets or a setup to do it. You don't really need like an ambient setting with like music and um, scented candles and stuff like that. If you have it, it's great. <laughs> Otherwise, you just like I remember when I uh, be in London, I used to meditate in the tube. Just coming back and forth from zone one, it just take me twenty minutes. I could just uh, meditate here in Dhaka as well. I, in the mornings when I commute to work, um, it would take me an hour or two in the traffic, and I just sit in the traffic and meditate. So. I like from coming out from the, the dark place to now I'm seeing like on, on day-to-day basis uh, how well I'm doing, how well everything around me feels. So it feels like that first meditation, you know, that when I, that first meditation I came out, everything seemed right. Now slowly, each and every day, it just seems better in life. And I think that uh, you, you guys mentioned this in your email that uh, maybe it's meditation. I think, yeah, it maybe it is meditation uh, because that's the only um, differentiator right now. Yes, I think that phrase that we use on the course in encouraging people to look at possible effects, maybe it's meditation, kind of make a list of things. Yeah. I think for someone like yourself, it's turned from maybe it's meditation to I'm pretty sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Maybe even it's definitely meditation. I wanted to go down that list. Um, you're you're still sleeping well, and you say it's like I never I never struggled yeah. with insomnia. Definitely, like I uh, nowadays, twelve one a.m. I'm asleep. I don't have to go on YouTube and play like uh, sounds to help you sleep or um, hypnosis day to help you see these are the extremes that I like I, I was so desperate to find a good night of sleep because uh, I tried taking the meds but those wouldn't also work so it was really peculiar at that time so from then to coming on now and naturally sleeping and waking up every day feeling energetic having the energy to complete all my tasks in the day I think it's incredible and like going back two years, uh, at that point, I was really struggling like with my fitness and healthy life. It was like horrible. So now it's like amazing. Mm, mm. You also say, I don't find everything annoying. Instead, I'm mindful of the circumstances. What's that like? Yes, yeah, so I would get annoyed because I live with my, uh, living with my parents and they're both um, getting old and my dad's a cancer patient my mom's also has uh, certain um, struggles that she goes through so and because I've lived a- abroad for eight years a lot of how I think how I approach stuff they don't approve of but before it was like a head-on clash that they were saying one thing I'm saying one thing I'm thinking I'm right always now I'm understand. I'm more like that. Okay, I understand. They're old. They probably don't understand me. It's not their fault. But yeah, maybe how can I make them understand, or how can I show them that okay, my way is better. Uh, so just be mindful of these things. I can really help now. Hmm. It's it's beautiful. Here's a here's one that you talked about that I'm really interested in. 
You said, due to these years of struggling with mental health issues, I numbed all my emotions. Yeah. Now meditation has enabled me to emphasize, empathize yeah. with people around me. That's very interesting. Yeah. I do think there's something about emotions are emotions. Yeah. And if, if I feel sad and I don't want to and I numb that out and push it away, it's very hard to eliminate emotions separately. Yeah. That if you reduce your ability to feel anxiety, potentially you reduce your ability to feel caring and love for another person or your own personal joy. Yeah. It sounds as though your emotional life has been enlivened, would that be the word? Yeah, uh, to some extent it is exactly that because uh, because of like uh, depression had led me to substance abuse and then substance abuse would be one thing I'd look to numb the pain. And then everyone would say, oh, you're so depressed. Oh man, come on, lighten up, uh, move on and stuff like that. So I just push my emotions and uh, pretend as if everything was normal, go on with my day-to-day -day life. And that served me well for two, three years um, in the middle from, I think, 2014 to 2016 during that time. But then there came a point when I got to know about my um, dad's cancer and that really like shook me and I had to take him for treatments and stuff and uh, to see him suffer uh, with chemotherapy and all that. I, I, I was depressed, but I didn't know who to share it with. So I just suppressed it. And that emotion actually turned into anger later on. I was really angry at stuff. I left my job. I stopped speaking to my friends. I was angry at other people. I ruined my relationship. And so these things happen. Now, uh, after 17, 18 months of meditation, I think slowly I can see where I was wrong at that time, which at that time it didn't even cross my mind. Now, if I look back, I know, okay, maybe, yeah, that wasn't the best thing I did. Um, and going forward, when I like, engage with the same friends or my family member or my sisters or my cousins or my colleagues. I just like, I empathize with them. Okay. Maybe everyone's not in the same boat as me. Maybe I have done a bit of uh, recovery. So now I'm feeling secured and stable. Not everyone's on that end. So yeah, so just to be mindful of their situations and trying to understand, okay, it's okay to feel sad some days. It's okay to feel happy some days, just to have a balance of all emotions. You said that you used to make fun of meditation and, and therapy. Yeah. That that was so outside of your experience. And now you you are able to let people have their own path. Yeah. But you for yourself have found, these are your words, yeah. stability yeah. and calm, peace of mind, security within yourself. If someone were to 
say, hey, you seem calm and secure and, and stable. How, how have you done that? How, how would you introduce this possibility to them? And especially I'm interested in, in your culture, you know, in, and that's two cultures, yeah. a high, you know, you're working for this uh, uh, New York City-based software company, and that is its own culture. Yeah. You know, the tech world is intense and sometimes not very forgiving in the workplace. So I'm interested in how you might talk to people in that culture and then in the culture of your family and your friends there in Bangladesh, is that something that you would speak to them about? Yeah. Um, so talking about mental health issues and mindfulness topics, it's still, there are a lot of social taboos and prejudices around it here in Bangladesh, definitely. Um, talking to people abroad, especially in the, from, who are from the Western hemisphere, it's a bit more easy. Um, they know about stuff like this. They have had similar, they've seen some friends or someone go through something like this. They have a bit of knowledge over there. Uh, in my case, uh, before why I used to make fun of uh, therapy and meditation was because I didn't have the correct resources or the information. And Every day going forward, the thing I tell everyone is that I'm glad that I found a great therapist in Harley Street um, who I could work with and who I trust um, and who has helped me through my struggles. And then I found a, a great set of mentors in London Meditation Center like you and Jillian who have really taught me meditation and how to incorporate it into my lifestyle very easily. So I don't think people, a lot of people have these resources. And so I tell, when I talk to my friends about it uh, in here in Bangladesh, I just say that I know where I was and you guys have seen me at my lowest in some form. And if I can, if I can recover from that, it is only because I've had these resources. And I want you guys to have these resources or at least know about these resources so that if you can reach out and get some help, you guys can also have a great life. You can have the stability and security um, that we all need. And so in that note, I'd like... Uh, I've tried, I'm trying to create a community-based uh, platform here in Bangladesh where I can educate and empower people about meditation and mental health issues that they don't really talk about because of the social taboos and prejudices in our society. And most of the reactions that I've gotten till now is that people come and say, hey, you're doing an amazing job and People don't really talk about it and people need to talk about it. We love what the uh, topics you share. We would like to know more about this detail, more than detail. They ask me if I am a uh, like a life coach or a meditating coach and I, should I teach them? I'm like, no, I'm not. But okay, this is where I learn. 
you can go to their website and see if they do a, a session for a, a course for you online or if not you can at least read their blogs get to know get the information you need and then you know uh, you have that knowledge at least an awareness uh, which uh, is really helpful well this is amazing me you're saying this because i've in our conversation i've been you know people are listening to this as audio but we're looking at each other on zoom and i've been thinking this 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 man is is a social influencer <laughs> you you know you're you're 27 and you speak with a depth of experience that many people don't have at 67 you know, you have been through things that many people will never go that far but you have transformed and evolved and developed in in a way that i think most all of us would look at and think i hope for that i hope for that for my own life and and for my loved ones around me there's no doubt in my mind that your presence and and your encouragement is inspiring the people around you and and lifting them up and we always say not everyone has to meditate that one person meditating within a family or within a company or within a neighborhood there's a spreading effect that your state of consciousness and the way you interact with people you become an inspiration and everyone is uplifted by that and i'm feeling uplifted speaking with you you know this is why we do this to see this this kind of this kind of change and and to hear that you're offering that change up to others it you know maybe we need to figure out how to come to bangladesh and see you there yeah i mean you guys can have a retreat over here <laughs> that would that, this would be this would be amazing yeah. what have we not touched on or not covered or, or not explored that you you feel strongly about or you think is important for people to know so um in the last few weeks or so when i went through uh your other episodes and um, there was a musician who talked about his journey. There was also someone who's younger than me, but she's been meditating like from childhood. Her mom was used to meditate and stuff like that. And when I hear them speak and share their thought, I see that they've been meditating for a long time, longer than me, uh, at least. And they've seen these changes um, that, that have been for the better, positive changes through their lives, and so I just like going forward, I'm only 17 months into it. I want to see where I am in 10 years because I really feel positively that this effect that is, it has started having on me and my life as a whole will only get better. And yeah, I just hope to see where I get in 10 years, where I get in 20 years. And I'll definitely catch up with you again in 10 years and say, Michael, okay, you know, this has been my journey from the last time we spoke. And yeah, that'll be great. That I feel really strong. Let's speak, uh, let's speak again before 10 years have passed. <laughs> yeah, <indeed. laughs> and I too look forward 
to seeing where where this takes you because the the trajectory you are on already is is remarkable. Tazav, thanks so much for speaking of meditation in in your own life and and in what you see and hope for for other other people. I really appreciate it, and uh, I'm sure I we can tell by the horns in the background that you're in the the midst of yeah. it there. I I, I love hearing yeah. it. And uh, it, it's the middle of your day. So thank, thanks very much. Thank you so much, Michael. It was great catching up with you. And it's, it, it, you just give out this positive vibe whenever I talk with you. Like, it just feels good. The day just gets better from there. Thank you so much. <laughs> my day is better as well. All right, my okay. friend. Be well, and we'll connect All soon. All right, man. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. that's today's pod. Many thanks to Tausuf. Speaking of Meditation is written and produced by me, Michael Miller, with direction from Jillian Lavender and assistance by Emma Ray, with original music by Rich Jacques. That's R-I-C-H-J-A-C-Q-U-E-S dot com. And graphics by L-N-L, E-L-L-E-E-L-L-E dot com. Speaking of Meditation... What are you noticing? Who is benefiting? How are you staying inspired? And when are you next closing your eyes? Bye for now.